Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein from Groblox. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are discussing research that just has been dropped by Winning by Design. And their thesis is that SaaS has lost their go-to market fit. We're going to discuss that and how to get it back. Enjoy. Yeah, so my wife finally started listening. So hello, wife. <laughs> really? Yeah, I told her, you can just listen to the first five minutes. Just all the intro bullshit. You can skip the rest. And she's like, well, I actually listened to the other stuff and it was, was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny this morning. Um, so I'm on... Is she listening uh, to the guest shows or to... to I, think every, I think she just started going, yeah. sipping through. So no idea. But then um, this morning, I basically uh, got a snap. So I'm on Snapchat, you know. Still. Puma, still. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, my wife's best friend and I, we snap occasionally, and she snapped a uh, video, and the caption went, I just said, mom's getting a coffee okay, and daughter went, yeah, I just have to find something, and then she walks from the kitchen with the video into, you know, her child's room, and everything has just been turned upside down. We are talking everything, all the boxes with toys, all the clothes. <laughs> <laughs> everything just in a big pile on the floor in a matter of like two minutes so it's like yeah there you go we're back to kids intros that's what it is i'm like i just go to market i just <laughs> blew your mind now yeah. with all this stuff i just i just don't get it i mean I, so what she was in the thing she was in the kitchen walked made a coffee, out came back had the coffee but the snap was basically hey i just walked out for five seconds or something yeah yeah exactly yeah. because otherwise like it was planned yeah. basically i'm a storyteller you know it yeah. comes natural to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone follows the yeah, log. Exactly. you take the audience where it is i mean if you're gonna write a review please cite my amazing storytelling slash segue skills would highly appreciate it. It will go in uh, the performance know, so is, review. Is, is, any, of this year, is, is <laughs> any of this year uh, intro worthy? Yeah, all of it. All of all it. Of We're it, keeping okay. it in. So yeah. anyway, we got, I'm holding in my hand. Oh, wow. Uh, a report. So just for, I don't know if Bart can zoom on this for the folks watching, but we got, uh, or you got, I should say, early access to a report that Winning by Design, Jakob van der Koy, our friends over there, have been working on. Yes, very special. And uh, when it's we... Gonna, it's going to uh, get published later today. Yes. Basically, uh, Tuesday morning, West Coast time, mm -hmm. when this airs, basically, when this yes. episode airs. And I asked, is it okay for us to publish it? And you said, well, he replied with dot, 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 wink emoji. Yeah. So I guess, <laughs> yeah. yes. I guess that's a, that's a <laughs> yes. I guess that's a yes. Um, Consent. <laughs> but in any case, uh, we instantly read this report over the weekend. Yep. I was like, okay, yeah, we, we probably need to talk about this because mm -hmm. it is pretty darn interesting. So the title is, has SaaS lost go to market fit? It probably will fit with the title of this episode you yeah. kind of clicked on, right? Yeah. So we're not fooling anyone here. Mm -hmm. And we're basically going to run a th run through uh, this report before you have a chance to give it a read. And you should definitely check it out. You can find it on Winning by Design's website uh, where it will be uh, published and we'll update the show notes after the fact once it's there. Yeah, and I think also um, I'll update my LinkedIn post featuring oh, this episode. Post LinkedIn. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Passive aggressive marketing <laughs> person here. Well, you'll, we'll get into why once we see how terrible things are. We need yeah. to do everything to justify our work now. So, 
Yes. So loss of go-to-market fit. I think first off, you know, in the report, they say what is go-to-market fit and what is product market fit. Yeah. Let's just clear this out of the way. Product market fit is what to sell. Go-to-market fit is how to sell it. Yes. And I think maybe another point to position the report is a lot of the data in here is from uh, a wonderful gentleman called David Spitz. Mm -hmm. uh, he basically ran a series of LinkedIn posts analyzing the, what do you call them, the, the filings, the quality results of publicly traded companies? Yeah, I, I forgot. It's basically the, the, the earning calls, yes. but the, the transcript of those. Yeah. And basically created uh, the stats that are the foundation of this report. Yep. Uh, so it's publicly available data. Uh, anyone can, can find it. But it also means it's, it's IPO-level companies. Mm -hmm. So maybe a quick, quick refresh, right? So you have those different stages. Product market fit is usually the first one. You need to figure out, you know, what's the product and is there market and can you sell it and do those things fit, yeah. right? Then the next stage, this is usually up until a million. Now some people say maybe up until two million. Uh, go to market fit is then what it takes you from to go from two to 10, usually. Mm. Uh, really figuring out how to sell this product in a scalable way, in a repeatable way, and so forth, without the founders involved, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, and then once you get out of that, you know, you have go-to-market fit, then you get into, like, scale-up stage. It's like all kinds of funky other ways of uh, trying to um, describe what this is. Mm. And the really interesting piece here is, obviously, that uh, especially with the data that you use from, you know, post-IPO, we're talking mm. hundreds of millions of dollars of ARR. Yeah. And uh, Jaco and Winning by Design by Extension basically kind of questioning, well, have they all lost their um, go-to-market fit? Yeah. Are they basically all back to square two? <laughs> <laughs> Not square one, they have product-market fit, but they're all back to square two after going product-market fit, go-to-market fit, scale-up, sustainable yeah. scale, IPO, fireworks, and let's go. Yeah. And all of them are like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Back to go to market fit. So, and the the interesting thing is obviously how the F um, does you know Jaco um, and actually I'm just seeing it's also Dave Boyce um, mm. kind of co-authored this thing. Oh yeah. How do they get to the conclusion that um, that all of those companies have lost their go to market fit? Yeah. Well, they use data. They, they use, use data. a bunch of data. Um, do so, you have Do you have some nuggets for us? Maybe. Well, I think. Um, they so they first off they run us through the backstory. We came from this period of growth at all cost means mm. that you know we ended up with a lot of motions that some were sustainable, some probably weren't. Now it's the efficiency craze, so a lot of folks have been cut, but we're still seeing a lot of things unwind at the moment. And some of the things they get into here is first off that the growth rates have decreased. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything new there. We saw OpenView, uh, and I think this was also the catalyst for some of the layoffs we saw 12 months ago and kind of resurfacing a little bit at the moment. Yep. Um, but growth rates have decreased. I can't remember the exact stat. We can kind of, you know, open it up here and have a look. Or, you know, you at home can open it up while yeah. you're driving the car, the metro. <laughs> Download the Just, report, take yes, a look. Yes. Growth rates, they're down. It was the same we saw with uh, OpenView's report, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which, by mm -hmm, the way, is mm -hmm. for private companies. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of across the board thing. It's not just the big behemoths who who went public. It's, it's across the board, right? So that was the first sign that probably something is not, you know, right. The next sign is net retention rate is down. Right, so across the public companies, I think it was pre this period, and we're talking late 21. So we're talking mm. recession. It's not recession, but kind of, you know, actually B2B SaaS recession. Yeah. yeah. 
B2B, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, kind yeah. of a in niche of the market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that that's the problem. Uh, but basically, since the net retention rate declined from you know the mid 120s to 110, yeah, basically plus minus a percent, and there was even like a, a nice little nugget in there, despite price increases, yeah, across the board. And you know, this is where they're taking it. Oh, this is anecdotal. You know, we don't have this. You know, in data, data. Yeah. But basically, kind of all of those companies have increased their prices by a couple of percentage points. Yeah. So really, if you were to take the net of that, you probably kind of land somewhere in what 105. Yeah. Or something like this net retention. And I think that's also what winning by design. I believe, uh, at least that what uh, David mentioned around 105. That's probably going to end up being the benchmark. Yeah. Going forward. And in the OpenView report, we talked about this in a previous episode. It's no longer land and expand. Yeah. It's land and maintain. It's it's, it's <laughs> land and hold on for yeah. your life. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't leave. Um, so that's kind of terrible. Yes. Um, and uh, that in combination leads to pretty terrible unit economics. Yeah. Right. So basically, uh, CAC payback is up 50%, mm. which. That's Two not. years ago, everyone was like, oh, now efficiency and, you know, net retention and yeah. all of these things. And despite everyone focusing on them, all of them just got worse. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I mean, it makes total sense, right? I mean, we've seen what Spotify did layoffs again this month. This whole layoff thing isn't over. No. Right? This has been done. now going on for two years and it's ongoing. Yeah. Um, and um, pretty much the same is also happening with vendors. People are not, they're not laying off vendors, they're just firing them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's basically what's driving, number one, the net retention piece, right? And then number two makes it so much harder to sell these days, which is then driving the customer acquisition yeah. costs as well, right? Kind of, basically kind of those two things coming together. I mean, there's no doubt folks have gotten more cost conscious. Yeah. Uh, I saw someone mentioning, hey, we used to have Zoom Info. We replaced them with someone who delivers 80% of what they do at 20% of the cost. And that's just one example. Then you have, we talked about DocuSign. No, I, I, and, no honestly, I, so I had a, a very interesting call with a very interesting gentleman. And it's a fairly large organization. I'm not going to mention any names. No. It's fairly cool. large organization. They just ripped out Jiminy. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a cheaper version of Gong. Yeah. But like, you know, I think for 300,000 euros, 400,000 euros or something like this. Yeah. They just ripped out Salesloft. Wow. <laughs> and we're talking 150 <laughs> reps and stuff, right? Yeah. And I think they ripped out Calendly. Calendly, probably the kind of the cheapest ticket here. Mm. But they, they just kind of cut half a million in spend. And this company is growing 80, 90%, by the way. Yeah. yeah. At, you know, very, very large size. They just ripped all of that stuff out and replaced it with, um, you know, some HubSpot tooling, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was already like included in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so this is, this is just one example, right? I mean, let's just say two, three years ago, someone, you know, just ripping out sales loft would be yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, you're mental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, you, you know, go? first of all, you know, it kind of works also using this other stuff, right? And I think, so I changed him on the Jiminy, the call recorder. It's like, yeah, we just use the um, the Zoom recorder. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So. No, but no, 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 no. But the thing is, so when you have the Zoom Enterprise, so you're making lots of advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you use Zoom Enterprise package, I think you basically kind of get the transcript automatically pushed into the deal that is from, yeah, right? Okay. And it's really about the trend. Of 150 reps, no one is listening to their yesterday's call, no. right? It's kind of, it doesn't happen. Um, it's really about the intelligence that happens there, also the competitive stuff. Yeah. And they transcribe all of that just as much as Jimmy and Gong does. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anywho, uh, rough, rough fucking times out there, yeah. um, uh, which is basically kind of creating this whole situation, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, my my whole question actually, and you know, not not quite sure this kind of fits the storyline here that we've neatly laid out. No, that's fine. But it's like, so first of all, they kind of talk about well, you need to brace for the next six months being just as terrible yeah. as the last two years. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's not in my Excel spreadsheet. No. You know? no. Um, so I think there's some newness there. I think. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're foreseeing the start of 24 also being rough. Well, I think there's uh, one point, which is all this in our conversation is a lagging indicator. And folks are going to have multi-year deals. I mean, you and I, we talked about a company where you're like, yeah, we don't have much up for renewal this year. Yeah, that's right. Right? This is going to hit next year and it's going to be the same for a lot of companies. They're going to have that lagging effect that's going to keep, you know, putting a cap on how much you can essentially grow. And so no, it's I don't think it's uh, it's fully over. Um, I think you know, sure. If you look at things like the stock market, if you're into yeah. that, sure they are bouncing a little bit because they're looking forward. They're looking they're forward, bouncing forward a little bit. To the like, yeah, yeah. Like from from nothing to like a, you know, twenty three has been at least a kind of we're getting back up to the green kind of year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nasdaq is up mm-hmm. like more than it used to. You know, back then before it imploded. Yeah, yeah. So I think there are a couple of those, it, people in in the Wall Street Journal talk about a soft landing. I'm not going to explain what a fucking no. soft landing is, but <laughs> they <laughs> has nothing to do with the airplane. Finance with Tony and yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, that's what's that's what's you know people are kind of talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I believe um, 24 is going to get a little bit better. Um, yeah. I I think so. Well, I think for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're going to see some of the fringe tools kind of dying. Honestly, those who latched on in this frothy market. You know, where it's a, hey, we we kind of like it, but do we need it? So it's a question mark on product market yeah. fit. And sure, for some of these bigger companies, they're not going to go and lose product market fit. They're, you know, they're too well yeah. established. You know, there's a reason they got this far. But for the ones who aren't that, there yet on the growth directory, I think they might even reset to product market fit issues, right? And the other thing is there's going to be some companies who decide to take the wrong course corrections yep. in this environment and die, right? You're going to see a lot of death spiraling happening for some companies. Yeah. And that's what's going to create, you know, a fertile ground for some of those folks who's left standing. And yeah, I think Carter came out with two and a half thousand venture-funded companies died this year. Mm. So I, I saw another stat, like in total 15 or 16,000 B2B SaaS in the world. Yeah. And I'm not saying the two and a half thousand are all B2B SaaS, but let's just say there's a good chunk B2B SaaS in there. Two and a half thousand companies just, you know, stopped yeah. stopped existing, kind of ran out of cash, right? Yeah. Um, aye, 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 good news okay. here today on the show. Wonderful. So, um, so basically happy... kind of taking all of this stuff together, right? You basically arrive at a, you know, loss of go-to-market fit, yeah. which to a degree is, is kind of a two-sided thing though, um, because um, it could also be that some of the market is bouncing back because it's a ratio, basically, right? Yeah. We're talking ratios here, and if um, if the income side, if the plus side is suddenly coming back a little bit, then voila, we yeah. have to go to market fit again, which is already counterintuitive when you kind of start thinking about the concept. Or the alternative is true; it's gonna, you know, this is the new normal, mm. or it's gonna stay like this for another six months uh, and then get better. Um, and we've been we've been saying this; it's gonna be another six months now for like two years. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like we a, started the show. It's like it's a like, rolling. <laughs> it's a rolling thing now. Um, so let's see about well, that. Well, new information presents itself every yeah. day, and then we have to reassess. That's just sure. how it works. Sure, that's just how it works. Um, that's that's how we get ourselves out of the uh, liability. Here. Yeah. No, but um, uh, no. Generally speaking, right? This goes to my could come from both ends, but based kind of the assumption is it it won't. Um, yeah, it won't. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you need to assess whether you still have go-to-market fit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's at the end of the day what you need to do, uh, because if you don't, if you don't know how to sell anymore or how you're selling doesn't apply, work out, isn't sustainable, yep. then you need to change. So what are the winning by design folks, uh, Jaco and Dave specifically, suggesting we do about that? Well, when I read it, I was like, I was thinking, have they been hot desking in our office, to be honest? Or just, but, I don't know, listening to the show. Could be, could be, could <laughs> yeah. be. I don't know. A little I mean, bit more plausible. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit more plausible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I think you would, yeah. Anyway, so what are they proposing, Tony? So I'm not saying that, you know, they got the ideas from us, by the way. Just no. Wanna, <laughs> no, just wanna, no, just wanna, no. Just want to make triple no. show. It's just a way to say we agree. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's what that's true. It is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they basically have three, three steps. Yeah. One is shocker, <laughs> cut costs. Mm. Uh, but strategically yeah don't do it don't do it the the dumb way uh, we're going to talk about this in a little bit go to market diagnostics uh really emphasizing unit economics mm. and then lastly basically fixing your go-to-market efficiency by way of you know sprints and and, and reviews yeah. and so forth right let's let's go through them one by one yes so they start out with you know cutting costs and i think they have like one very kind of straightforward example there mm. there are plenty of other examples yeah. and i feel it also fits into the second bucket a little bit um but the one you know cutting cost first was like hey just have fewer reps <laughs> <laughs> well if they aren't making quota that's you know no, but I, so what I like about the winning by design folks is um, they they're kind of high up there in the academic uh, ivory tower kind of thing, mm. but then they're 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 breaking it down, making it ultra tangible for everyone reading the stuff yeah. that is like, well, I'm busy, I need to you know not get fired. Mm. Uh, can you please simplify yeah. this for me? Dama, yeah. make it dama. <laughs> and uh, and and one of these um, one of the examples is like, well, if you reduce the n- amount of reps, you spend less money. In general, on sales, mm-hmm. that's good. Number two, uh, the remaining reps will have more stuff to close, and quota will go up. Yeah, uh, meaning that uh, you not only will kind of decrease cost, but you know some of your metrics will improve, right? Kind of mm-hmm. quota per rep will go up, which is an important metric for a couple of reasons. Um, but generally speaking, that's that's kind of their approach to this, right? Kind of just fire, or at least one example is kind of let go of some uh, sales reps, and then. You know, our overlay on this would be, well, um, apparently the reason why you close less and less and less is not only that maybe your reps aren't as skilled, which is kind of usually a thing that Winning by Design is kind of uh, very strong on, which I think they're totally right with, but also probably you have fewer opportunities to work with. Yeah. That's probably also the case. You probably cut a lot of, you know, marketing and top funnel initiatives, and uh, that is now seeping through to your reps. Mm. Uh, and, And guess what? Uh, those those reps don't have enough opportunities anymore. If you kind of decrease the amount of reps, you have enough, again, good enough uh, yeah. amount of uh, opportunities for those remaining reps. I think Jason Lemkin, he put it pretty well. It's like, cut sales and you have a problem this year. Cut marketing and you have a problem next year. It's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it is complicated. Yeah. But I was also thinking like, so we had this conversation around hey, who would you rather lose, an AE or an SDR? And we're like, well, an AE because SDR still yeah. brews up, so you can, you can make it work and maybe some overperform on mm. quarter completion and stuff, right? 
But if what we're seeing now is also happening on SDR level, their efficiency in booking meetings. So we discussed on this show the number of touches required. They've increased. Uh, you know, there's so much more work required to book a meeting with AI exacerbating some of the channels. Yep. Google Yahoo cracking down on spam. Yep. Like, uh, and then uncracking down. And then uncracking down on it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, um, like, how, how, how do you go about then balancing those two when you cut? Like, how do you do that strategically the best way? Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. I think, good. So it's, it is complicated. I could say, hey, maybe use a tool that helps you with yeah, some of these yeah, things yeah. and stuff. Uh, but but generally speaking, I think what many people haven't done, and that kind of seeps a little bit in number two, kind of, you, yeah. you know, really kind of going through the go-to-market diagnostics. What many people haven't done is to actually consider the full funnel impact of your of your um, of your cutting. Mm. That, that's that's basically yeah. what I would say is you cut the stuff first where you feel kind of you have a very low confidence that there's a strong there's, there's a connection between doing it and then revenue coming out of this. Yeah. Right. Kind of this is the attribution game, um, and see there there was a connection, um, yeah. and uh, either you didn't. You didn't think about how that then would result in few opportunities, or um, you thought about it but you got it wrong, yeah. um, and then basically kind of uh, you know less stuff going through the pipeline, and then um, you know teams that are further down funnel then not having enough to work. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's a it's a all of this. You know, I think another way to look at this also is just a supply chain problem. Mm. So funny enough, I was uh, with a very, very, very big pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. um, here in Copenhagen. <laughs> Not gonna say who, and uh, they were looking at uh, our software for uh, supply chain purposes. Actually, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, guys. We're not a we're not a supply chain company. You know, yeah. it's, it's not about that. But it's it's super closely related. Yeah. Kind of the supply chain between factories and yeah. you know trucks driving and yeah. then pallets falling off the truck. Yeah. <laughs> is very much the same thing as um, you know stuff being worked in you know one team and then you know some you know you have a conversion that is in, yeah. and so forth. Right. It's very similar. It's a revenue factory. Um, and exactly, it's a revenue factory. And uh, you know, not not having that mindset, mm-hmm. not realizing that all of these things are connected. Yeah. And if I take something down here, then I don't need as much capacity over there. Mm. Um, or if I do that, then you know, there's spare capacity, and I just need to be aware. And you know, maybe this, maybe this spare capacity that I'm building up with my sales team is more expensive than the cut that I did uh, on yeah. the top end, right? Yeah. Kind of, and realizing that stuff. I think that's uh, that's sometimes uh, pretty difficult, and obviously, kind of winning by design guys are pushing that out uh, quite a lot, right? Yeah. What they're then basically, what they're talking about when they mean to go to market diagnostic or go to market diagnostics, they actually talk about roughly what we would call just it's just CAC payback, basically, yeah, but segmented CAC payback, right? And again, super great how they're doing it. So they're basically like, hey, listen, all of those different things that you're doing in your in your business. Mm treat all of them as their own business unit yeah, and then judge them by the profit margins or whatever that that business unit is generating for you, right? Yeah. So if you have an SDR function, look at, okay, SDRs are producing stuff uh, and for that business to work out, well, you need some A's to work through those opportunities, right? And then, you know, that whole, how much does that, does it cost you and how much comes out of it? Yeah. And then the same with, you know, different marketing strategies. Okay, treat that as a business unit. 
And also they need some AEs that work through those opportunities. So they need to be included in that business unit. Mm. Um, and the same with different markets, different segments, different all kinds of stuff, yeah. right? Kind of really try and slice and dice and split and cut and whatever we're going to call it, yeah, uh, your, your revenue engine, and try and figure out which pieces are actually not helping you in your efficiency, yeah. right? And then, and this is this is absolutely 1,000% aligned with our thinking, as you do this analysis, uh, you will find parts of your, of your business that are underperforming. Mm. And guess what? If you take those out, the rest, the, the whole sum of your business will then be better performing suddenly. Yes. Right? And you can you can do it in two ways. You can take the underperforming business units out and put the money into your pocket and you know be a-okay with that. Yeah. Or you take that money out and put it into the higher performing parts of your business and then actually even gain additional efficiencies here, yeah. right? And in order to do that can be sometimes pretty complicated, data heavy and so forth. Winning by Design is uh, recommending to use an outside consultant for that, which I'm sure, you know, you guys should just be calling up Jaco um, and give the code word uh, uh, revenue formula. Mm. Um, <laughs> then you'll probably get a t-shirt or something. Maybe you get a t-shirt or yeah. discount. I'm not sure. Probably we will not, send you a t-shirt will, I, will, yeah. I will send you exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, uh, I think this is, this is something that you should be considering. I haven't done this already. I think there's one or two episodes where we talk through how that would actually work. Yeah. So listen to that if you want to. I mean, we, so we recently talked about a couple of examples of the power of running this analysis, right? And I think what's really key to understand is one thing is looking at the <laughs> payback. Another is you have the entire bow tie to consider as well, right? And when we talk about unit economics, we had an example actually yeah. of sales touching trials and they were effectively closing them at a high ACV. So on paper, it looked great. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. But when you ran the entire analysis, actually it was a net loss comparatively. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're probably not going to go into the details of that story, but you're right. Actually, if you if you do say, hey, this is a business unit, you can't cut it at, at Nubis. No. You actually have to include the, uh, what is it, the east side of the boat side. Yeah. And, and then maybe the... The, the metric you should be using suddenly becomes, you know, lifetime value yeah. instead of just, you know, CAC payback. Mm. All kinds of things to consider. And, and you know, again, once you kind of go through this whole motion, that can then help you to understand, you know, where to cut and where not. And yeah. the, the thing is also lifetime value is great, but it's also, it's also takes a while to kind of capture that. Yeah. So you might even, if you have a cash crunch, you might even be preferring to have you know more revenue now, but maybe not so super sustainable yeah. versus uh, less revenue, but super sustainable, right? There's like yeah, all kinds of things to consider in terms of cash and so forth, but it's like, it's it's complicated, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really but, complicated. But that's why it starts with analysis. You need yes. to base it off of real numbers, not just in isolation of one team or one department. This is a go-to-market problem. It's yes. not a sales problem or marketing problem. It's across the bow tie. Yes. And ultimately, this might, again, just as number one, lead to cuts. You yep. might be cutting um, marketing initiatives. You might be cutting geographies. You might be closing offices. They're even talking about uh, firing customers. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, just get you know rid of those because that's apparently not really working for you mm. um, for whatever reason, right? So fairly drastic stuff. Mm. They're they're pulling out all the stops. It's like, hey, all, you know, all of these things you need to consider if you haven't already, right? And yeah. it's like, we're at the end of 23, a lot of people have considered pretty drastic things already. And you know, now we're kind of just going to the next level, I feel. Mm. Right? So going to number three here, uh, which really then is, okay, you have uh, done cost cutting in a smart way. 
you have analyzed your business uh, with a go-to-market diagnostic, consider the full bow tie, understand what's expensive, what's not, you know, throw away what's too expensive. Um, and then ultimately, you know, in the end is also then, okay, then what is left? Um, what can you what can you do in order to improve it, mm. right? And it's it's pretty straightforward, actually. And I always want to reemphasize how how much everyone is not caring about um, you know incremental improvements, yeah. continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. So we're starting to look at you know some of the analytics we can do in the software and kind of across the customer board, right? There's you have two reasons why you're not hitting target. And maybe we're going to do a study on this or something. But uh, the biggest buckets are you're not hitting your processing metrics. Mm. Like your conversion rate is dropping, generating a revenue loss for you. Your ACV is dropping, generating a revenue loss for you, right? Because all of that stuff compounds and adds up. Yeah. And when you look at this like bridge uh, chart, kind of you can clearly see how much money is sitting in those processing metrics, mm. right? Versus in the volume metrics. Anywho... Uh, people are across the board always underemphasizing that. And uh, number one, you can take better care of those and you know just run a tighter ship, yeah. right? And number two, you can you know, potentially work with folks like Winning by Design and um, and basically kind of figure out you know which part of the funnel, which part of the bow tie needs improvement, then do specific coaching around it. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I think uh, w one thing that we discussed actually kind of also kind of from winning by design in that sense, they basically deploy coaching for, I don't know, your discovery stage yeah, or something yeah. like that, right? And then, uh, you know, you get better there and you do that again and again and it compounds and so forth, right? So all of those little tweaks can be extremely impactful. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one way to do it. I think another way to do it, run monthly or quarterly business reviews to see how you how how the engine is working, get aware, become aware that actually some of the, you know your your processing steps are sliding. Mm. Become aware that that is probably a big reason for why you're not hitting target, and figure out why that actually is. Kind of yeah. start digging in, right? And especially when you're thinking about you're reducing staff, you would actually expect some conversion rates to improve. Yeah, um, simply hey, if if you take out the bottom 40 percent of your sales reps. And you only have the sixty top performers in there. Well, the conversion rate should be better. Your ACVs mm. should be better now. Yeah. Sales cycles should be better. Conversely, um, there might be things like, hey, you're taking out some top funnel resources, and suddenly your MQLs opportunity conversion drops, for example. Right? There might be those things, but generally speaking, when you reduce, actually your your conversion rate should go up, and and you have the same. Law also the other way around. If you scale up, conversion rates come down, mm. right? Um, so you should be actually almost expecting and then seeing it. Um, and if you don't see it, or if you don't see it enough, you should consider, uh, you know, doing specific sprints and you know whatever yeah. uh, on improving those over time. But I think it's also like the. It seems kind of silly that it takes such a catalyst of loss of go-to-market fit to run this diagnostic and really truly understand how your business operates. Because how can you make optimal decisions if you don't know how it truly operates? Like, yeah, but the thing is, you just um, and you know, I, I was myself part of that whole game, right? And it's like, um, you know, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? It's hey, okay, the only metric that's being measured is ARR. Okay, let's optimize that metric. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then once once it's higher up, I can go back to the to the well. Yeah, yeah. And get some get some more cash. Yeah. Um, and suddenly, and we kind of skipped over that part here 
suddenly that well went dry. Yeah. Uh, you know, going out of business or just, you know, unwilling to fund those kind of businesses yeah. anymore, right? And suddenly you need to realize, oh shit, you know, I need to become a very different company really fast. Mm. Um, and that's what's what's underlying here as well, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just a new, you know, kind of grown grown up moment that's happening, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's that's actually what I think. It's it's the industry, you know, albeit what, fifteen years old or something like this. I think there's just a new, you know, stage now for us to be a bit smarter about how we spend cash and how we grow. There's new learnings. There's new ways of understanding how SaaS works, basically. Mm. Um, and those learnings have become, you know, are good and bad. It's yeah. like, oh, not everything is worth 40x. Something is only worth five to ten x, yeah. which is, you know, not necessarily bad either. Um, and um, and some of those those are the uh, you know learnings on the uh, on the capital side, and then now need to be matched with learnings on the operation operating side as well. And kind of I think this is what we're kind of discovering and uncovering, and what we are what we're pushing towards, right? And mm. and I think Jaco and Dave kind of did a fantastic job in like bringing this here into a piece of uh, piece of content, a document that everyone should be downloading and studying. Yeah. Um. And uh, and helping us understand you know what. What is really why is why is all of this chaos happening mm. uh, in my company and you know what could be a root cause that I then can start working on right yeah wonderful so maybe wrapping this here the thesis is hey you know we've all lost uh, go to market fit we've all lost how to actually sell um, the solution is number one cut costs in a strategic way not across the board and maybe I've done that recently so that kind of might suck to do that again. Number two, do a go-to-market diagnostic and emphasize the unit economics around it. And number three, iteratively improve your go-to-market efficiency, right? You run sprints, run QBRs, talk to winning by design, whatever is necessary. But those three things in order to get back to a go-to-market fit. That's it. Thanks, Michael. That was an abrupt ending. <laughs> so check it out. <clears throat> you can find it on winning by design. If you're listening early, early, early as we've published, you have to wait probably a little bit for them to, you know, wake up, have their coffee and push a button or something. Yeah. Check it out. And Lovely. otherwise leave a review to, uh, to, to help the cause. <laughs> oh, back to this. Thank you, have Tony. Bye-bye. Bye.